Detroit Tiger fans, are you ready for the most exhilarating event of the summer? Get ready for the 6th Annual Motor City Metrics MLB Draft Show. Hosted by your very own Chris Brown and Rogelio Castillo, we're exploring one of the deepest MLB drafts in recent memory. Who will rise for the pack? Will the Detroit Tigers secure an impact bat with their pick? This is the first draft in the Scott Harris era, and you don't want to miss it. Be part of the excitement witness the future of baseball unfold on the Motor City Metrics MLB Draft Show. Join us Sunday, July 9th on the Motor City Metrics YouTube channel and the Tiger Miley Report YouTube channel for the first round of coverage. All right, welcome everybody to episode 23 of the Motor City Metrics podcast. We have Uper looking all nice and fancy, um, <laughs> and we got me making a... I had a, a little break. I just missed a show. I don't like to miss shows, but I'm back, and me and Uper are back at well, it again. That's the first, Well, first off, thank you. I, I have a caller on. I know that's very weird. But hey, we need to... If you, you opened the box there. We need to investigate why you're missing shows. For the education of our audience, they need to have a right to know where were you last week, briefly, real quick. Last Thursday, I was, there's a festival by my house, so I took a girl to the festival. Okay, very good. That's good to know. Now, let's investigate this a little bit. Was this the first date? Yeah. First date. Okay, good. Excellent. Did you go as part of a group, or was it just the two of you? Just the two. See, now that's critical, John. This is a good sign. She now has already admitted that she can spend time alone with you without thinking that you're, you know, creepy or dull. So that's good. Wow. Yeah. She didn't need the safety of a group date. That's excellent. So did you pay for everything? No, because we didn't buy anything. So there's nothing to pay for. Well, that's a whole different kettle of fish right there. Okay. (laughs) Did you open all doors for her? No. Oh, okay. We have things we're working on. We're going to work through this. That's fine. All right. Did you text her the next day or Instagram, whatever you do, or vice versa? Yes. You did? Okay. (laughs) She was was amenable to that. Yeah, I'd say so. Have you seen her since the date? No. Okay, so you have not. Has she committed to a second date? No. She's not committed. Okay. Has this has, has second date been, been discussed at all? Yes. Ah, okay. So she <laughs> hasn't quite yet committed to the second date, but the second the the it's the it's been offered out there. Yes. So you have the date offer hanging in limbo. How does that feel? I don't we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> okay. Now, real briefly. Let's talk about this gal. If we equate her to, so you have to bring baseball into this. If this is about Tiger's prospects, okay, is she a Jackson Job? You know, a first round draft pick who you're not sure what you got yet. Is she Gage Workman who has some real strengths but has a few rough edges too, or is this really you're punching up and this is a Colt Keith level prospect <laughs> for you? What do we got here? I'll I'll just I'll just keep it at Jackson Job. We'll okay, just, we'll say first Jackson. Pick. Yeah. All right. Because you, we know you're org filler, right? You're an or, you're a four A guy yourself. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> Dude, I am Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> All 
I don't even know if you have any letters of your name that match with Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> you both got an L. That's about it. I'm so what, I'm Tyler Nevin then. <laughs> yes, you are Tyler Nevin. <laughs> well, John, that's good. That's good that you're out. You got a you know a dating life. That's very exciting. We're all going to live vicariously through you. Hopefully, she comes on for the second date, the critical second date. Now, here's the thing. If the second date happens, you're going to spend some money this time? Sure, yeah. And you're going to go to somewhere better than Arby's? Yeah, we'll go somewhere better than Arby's. Okay, like a, like a, maybe a Tigers game? <laughs> that would be cool. Okay, that's always good because there's, there's action going on, music being played, might get on Kiss Cam, who knows? <laughs> a lot of things could happen. All right, so hopefully the second date happens. you got to let us know. But it sounds like – and so you think the first date went okay? Yeah, I'd say so. Better than average? Yeah. She, all right, well, like I say, hopefully you get the you get the green light on, on date number two. We don't have to discuss going to a fancy restaurant yet and hiding a ring inside the cake frosting for an, no. for an engagement ring. We're not there yet. No, not not yet. Okay, not very even, good. That's not even close. <laughs> Maybe next month we'll get into that. <laughs> how about those tigers okay how about those tigers thank you to blood right said good luck john with five dollars that'll that'll pay for our maybe pay for my meal or something. <laughs> thank you blood right um yeah how about them tigers 33 and 43 um tough loss uh tough series against minnesota and now we got to face the best offense in baseball and seven game road trip three against the rangers then no, four against the Rangers, three against the Rockies. So, yeah, you pop out the Tigers. Well, you know, it was one of those things. Obviously, yesterday's game was a hard one for everyone who follows the club to swallow because they they, they were on the verge of, of, of winning that series. Uh, a, a really ugly throwing error on a play that, you know, the average Major League Baseball player makes uh, at third base all the time. Um, what are you going to do? That's that The game slipped away from there. You know, when we talked about the Tigers back around June 1st, I don't know if you remember, you and I were on and we talked about how tough the schedule looked. You know, there's a lot of first place teams coming and we knew June was going to be hard. But we looked at the uh, Twins schedule and I said, if they, you know, they were playing seven games against the Twins. And I said, if, if they just go four and three in those games, um, they at least will keep the Twins within distance of themselves, you know, within hailing distance. And sure enough, in those seven games, they went four and three. It just didn't end that nice. It, it, it kind of left a bad taste in their mouth. But at the end of the day, they still went four and three against the Twins. Gained a game, kept them within their sights. And, you know, whether this team has a realistic chance of, of going places in the division or not, at least they survived a nine-game losing streak. They survived seven games against the Twins, and they're not out of it. And I guess if there's any positives to take, that's it. Yeah, I mean, they're not out of it, but... I mean, if you kind of look at the big picture of things, the record is fairly similar to what they were last year. They've obviously been a little bit better than they were last year, Mm -hmm. but still five and a half games out. I mean, if you look at the Twins, I don't think they looked like necessarily world beaters. White Sox, all signs are pointing to them. It looks like they're going to sell. And then the Guardians, maybe they're the team that's going to wait in the wings again and kind of make a run at things. But, I mean, yeah, 10 games under five hundred it really feels like an uphill battle at this point. I mean, even the the thought of getting back to 500 to me, just, 
I don't know about you, Uper. I just don't really see it as a realistic possibility, especially with this team likely to sell at the deadline. I mean, obviously they're not a good baseball team. And we, we, we can talk about what they can possibly you know, accomplish if they get hot and they get a few good performances. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of problems from top to bottom on the roster, right? Um, but it is a weak division. And us as fans, just purely as fans, not as, you know, I don't, I don't view myself as an analyst or anything like that. As a fan, if they're five and a half games out, you can kind of just forget it while you're watching a ball game. You can forget about how many warts the team has. Root for them to win and see if by some crazy notion they get involved in, in the race. Uh, and until they're, you know, 10 games out, I'll have some interest in that. Uh, I don't expect it to happen. I'm interested to see what they do uh, with this draft more than anything uh, and the trade deadline, but they're playing some enjoyable baseball. Even yesterday's game when they lost, I thought it was a good game to watch. Um, It was just a tough ending to swallow. Yeah. And you just mentioned the draft. I know you wanted to talk about the draft because there was a mock draft that came out. We I've obviously, I've heard some rumblings of the catcher, uh, Kyle Teal, um, what what were your thoughts on the mock draft and just the draft well, it was, overall? It was, ES, it was ESPN's mock draft. It was Kylie McDaniel. To me, as someone who has read him over the years, he seems fairly plugged in. You know, um, I have no reason to think that he's getting bad information ever. Uh, he had the Tigers taking Langford. Uh, however, a lot of the talk that he's been hearing, and also Joe Doyle, who writes for a different website, Hearing the Tigers have some rumblings on Kyle Teal, and, and you know uh, McDaniel put him at a five to ten percent chance of them saving some cash for Teal, uh, and then using that money to sign other players uh, at higher bonuses in the in the first ten rounds. Uh, that's certainly a legitimate option. I know a lot of people on Twitter and the Tigers Twitterverse are against the Teal move for saving money. I think people are thinking that that's going to save money for Illich. It really isn't. It just means they're going to spend money elsewhere. Almost every team in baseball spends their entire draft bonus pool. So they're not looking to save money per se. They're just looking to sit, to spend less on Teal if they do it and then go out and get a couple high school guys to sign and forego college. And then hopefully instead of adding one really big name player like a Paul Skeen or whoever, uh, sign three players they really believe in long-term and and get the bulk of it instead of the quality. So it's a legitimate option. I still think though, at the end of the day, they're going to walk away with Langford. So, I mean, I would say like, what do you think is the best option? Because I think this team's probably not a piece away, even if they get a Langford, I still think the offense is still a little incomplete. What is the best option realistically? Is it Kyle Teal and then saving money or is it just going for the best player available, no matter what the cost is? I, at the end of the day, I'm for adding premium talent. So I would hope they won't play the games of, of, of spending less on one guy to spend more on two others. That has worked. I mean, that worked. That's why Colt Keith is in this organization. They spent $500,000 on him. And that wasn't the level of, of uh, money a fifth rounder usually gets. So it can work. But at the end of the day, I'd rather they just identify who they think the most talented guy left on the board is and put him in the system. And if that's Paul Skeens, great. If that's Wyatt Langford, 
that's that's a big fit for them too because they need the power. Yeah, Wyatt Langford. I've seen him hitting some absolute bombs in yep. the College World Series. Even Paul Skeens. I was looking at some stuff. I mean, I saw the the commentator during the game saying he was the best college pitcher he's ever seen. Um, Paul Skeens making waves right now. I yep. don't. Do you still think Tigers fans would be? bringing out their pitchforks if the Tigers did take Paul Skeens with the third pick? Oh, there's a, there's going to be a lot of people who say don't take pitchers. They're going to bring up all the pitching uh, disasters the Tigers have had over the years. They're, they're going to say Casey Mize uh, has never done anything, Jackson Job. I get it. But at the same time, Paul Skeens isn't those guys, okay? I watched a ton of Casey Mize his last year at Auburn, and I watched a lot of Paul Skeens this year. Paul Skeens is extremely is better just pure and simple he's better than casey mines at this point in time so if they end up with i will not shed a single tear if they walk away on draft night with paul Skeens. that would be fine uh do they need offense yes they do but you know that's what the rest of the draft can be focused on yeah and we did you did mention colt keith a little bit earlier back uh, kind of not breaking news, but we're breaking it here on the pod. First time talking about it. Cole Keith has been promoted to triple a. Um, <laughs> yes. What, what are we thinking? Did you, did you think there was an actual chance he could go straight from double a to the majors or is this the right move for the Tigers? Oh, I think, you know, you could kind of see the handwriting was on the wall. That patience is going to be Scott Harris's uh, MO. Uh, I think that there is something to the idea that they wanted Erie to qualify for the playoffs. People forget that, you know, the Tigers don't own the Erie Sea Wolves. There's ownership groups in Erie, and they're going to make money by making the playoffs in the fall. So it, it's kind of a, a loyalty thing, I think, to keep some good players and get once there's a chance at the playoffs and get, and get them in. So Erie made the playoffs now. They'll be in later this year. Uh, that, and I don't think it's any coincidence that Colt Keith moved pretty quickly thereafter. Um, now, I, Chris did tell me that, before the game got scratched yesterday that Keith was in the lineup to play in the field again because uh, he had been DHing a lot uh, and there was the whispers about the arm problems. So if he is going to be back in the field, that's obviously a good sign. Hopefully it was just something short-term. He had a sore arm and we move on. Uh, and it's not something lingering because um, obviously they want him to play defense and get better and take the reps and see where that goes. But it's going to be really interesting now to get him to Toledo He's probably going to be the youngest guy in the league. Uh, he's going to be facing a lot of pitchers who have uh, toyed around in the big leagues, uh, so which means, you know, they have some big league experience, and uh, he's probably going to see more breaking stuff than he saw at AA. Uh, we'll see how he does. It's going to be very fun. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, as much as the Tigers, some of it, you know, some people like to fantasize that they're in the division race. I don't think Detroit's going to play it that way. I think uh, he's in Toledo probably for the rest of the year. If he gets a couple at bats at the end of the year in Detroit, that's fine. Yeah, that would probably be the best case scenario as he continues to hit well in AAA and maybe we see him at the end of the year. I do worry a little bit about his defense. I was listening to your guys' pod last week about the defensive concerns you have with him. Also, the defensive concerns of Justin Henry Malloy. Doesn't look like he could be a long-term option at third base which is unfortunate because I was looking at, you know, Keith and Henry Malloy is kind of like a platoon for the future. Um, I don't really know if that's a realistic possibility anymore, but maybe Cole Keith gets some run at second base. Maybe yeah. he's a long-term DH. Um, yeah. What do you, what were you thinking about that? 
I would, you know, I, I would say the only way he DH is if he has some kind of absolute chronic problem with his arm where he can't throw, you know, and they can't stash him anywhere. Uh, otherwise, a guy his age, they're going to find a defensive place to play for him someplace, whether it's right field, whether it's second base, uh, even if it's first base. I mean, they'll find, if he hits, he'll play, right? And I think they'll want him in the field. Uh, and I don't – we kind of – we dissect these prospects every part of their game because we have a lot of time on our hands. That's what we do. Right. But at the end of the day, if Colt Keith hits, he will play. If Justin Henry Malloy hits, he'll play. The, the defense is not going to keep him out of the lineup in Detroit someday. If he can hit major league pitching and contribute to their offense, their offense has been so poor. Uh, they will find a way to make it work. I would hope, uh, no matter what weaknesses they may or may not have. And I think we might see Justin Henry Malloy in left field at some point. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think a, a positive development. Um, it's about it's about time, I think, for him getting called up. Um, we did have some comments in the chat. If you guys would like to leave comments or questions in the chat, we really appreciate it. Um, we have one from Vox, I believe that's how you say his first name. Uh, he wished me luck, and then he said, I try to fleece Atlanta and send them Erod and Alex Lange uh, for Braden Shoemaker, I believe, the shortstop. Shoemaker. Shoemaker, uh, Vaughn Grissom, and they would have to throw in Ian Anderson. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's Ian Anderson has been injured for a while. He yeah. hasn't pitched this year, has he, right? No, I think he pitched a little, but not well. Yeah. Um, Box drives a hard bargain. I like it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you said we're getting our Keystone uh, combo for the next 10 years, and we get a – potential middle of the rotation maybe if he's healthy frontline starter that'd be i mean we are giving up a lot and i mean if atlanta at this point they've got their world series they're one of the best teams in baseball but i don't know they could maybe be a landing spot for erod you know he's he's uh i saw a note earlier today he's taking the mound on thursday in toledo so that's a good development obviously um, when this an injury initially happened and you read about the pulley thing in the, in the, in the hand, it sounded worrisome that he wouldn't get on the mound much before the, before the trade deadline. But if he's going to be pitching on Thursday, uh, I don't know if he'll need two starts in the minors, but there's a good chance, you know, by July 10th or so he's back in Detroit, uh, and could get, you know, possibly three starts before the trade deadline. And if he looks good, you'd have to think teams will want him if he's back to the level he was pitching at before the injury. Uh, I've often thought because it's a short contract and his opt-out, the Tigers wouldn't get much. But, you know, I was listening to some guys on uh, on uh, MLB Network, and they were making the case that, you know, the other pitching that's going to be out there available isn't all that great. There's not that many great arms out there unless Stroman gets put out there. Um you know, if, if the Tigers do add a reliever to the mix to go with Erod to a contender, they may pay up a couple of decent prospects, uh, especially if they have any hope of, of, of keeping him as well. Um, so, you know, Vaughn Grissom and Shoemake, that would be pretty cool. Uh, that might be shooting a little high, but there's nothing wrong with shooting high. They should shoot high until they get shot down. <laughs> Yes, and, and Ian Anderson too. That'd be, um, but yeah. And then we did have a comment from Flying with Mace who said he was asking about Peyton Graham. Uh, I believe about him getting called up. I mean, I'm never gonna speak on something I don't feel 
like I'm confident on and but I know Peyton Graham just looking at his box numbers, 51 strikeouts to 28 walks, uh, four home runs and only 200 at bats. I mean, I don't think he was I don't know if he's necessarily known for his bat, if he's going to be a middle of the order hitter for Peyton Graham. But did you have anything to add on that? Youper? he's been relatively the same as he was last year. OPS is around the same. It's sitting at 700 right now. Um, he's at Lakeland, right? Yes, he's at Lakeland. I guess yeah. he, the question was about him getting called up. Um, well, you know, know. He, he got off to a slow start. He, he has hit better lately. So, you know, I, I think the natural progression uh, for a second-round pick from last year would be to get him to West Michigan. You know, uh, Jace Young is already there. Uh, obviously, he started the year there. Um, if Young moves up to Erie, and most people are projecting that here in July, um, there's a good chance Graham slots up to West Michigan. Yeah, just looking at his last 10 games, he's hitting 341, yep. OPS around 870. So, yeah, I mean, it's early, so we're going to see if that continues. But, yeah, I mean, I really I haven't done too much research on Peyton Graham. He was the 22nd, uh, 2022 second-round pick, shortstop. I mean, you pretty, I know our minor league guys aren't here, but did you have any, like, long-term outlooks for him? Do, do you really think he could be a starter one day or – well, just, you know, the, a lot of athleticism. They love that coming out of college. When you saw him at Oklahoma, you, you know, you saw a guy who, who could run, hit for – they thought that, you know, some power could develop. And as he gets older, there's a good chance of that. Uh, you know, the, obviously the age-old question is, like, can he stick it short, right? Uh, is he going to be a shortstop long-term or is he a third baseman? So a lot of times that depends on how much they grow and how their body fills out. Um, but obviously I would assume they will – keep pushing him at shortstop as long as they can. Yeah. What kind of came to mind for me is maybe like Zach McKinstry. Maybe he could kind of play that role um, and play all over the field. Um, he has 15 stolen bases this year. Mm-hmm. So he's got some speed. Um, but yeah, I, I don't necessarily view him as like the long-term option at shortstop. It would be nice, but I wouldn't really put that label on him. Well, it's good to see that he's, he started to warm up, you know, because his, his start to the season wasn't fantastic. So, um he's starting to hit always a good sign yes speaking guys uh speaking of guys who we need to see warm up that is nick maton who (laughs) was sent down another thing that we kind of were expecting to happen that finally did tyler nevin gets the call up um wasn't justin henry malloy wasn't cole keith so tyler nevin back in the big leagues uh what what could this realistically look like for the tigers uh is is just going to see more andy abanez at second base and yeah, just kind of your reactions to the move made. I think it had to happen. You know, I think I think his offensive woes were starting to leak off into the field for him, which we see happen. It, it goes both ways. Some guys start struggling on defense, and it, it starts hurting their offense. Some guys are struggling so much hitting that they bring it out with them to the field. Uh, yesterday was just kind of the culmination. It was just, I think, the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Uh, he made a couple misplays. You can say he cost them the game. I don't want to go that far because, you know, the offense scored runs in one lone inning. And uh, when you only score one inning and you get three runs early, now you're asking your defense and your bullpen to be spotless the rest of the day to hold on to that, um, you know, small lead. And Maton made his mistake and it really cost them. I think the guy has some ability. I think there's some natural power there. Um, But... He just needs to go to AAA, face a lot of off-speed pitching, find a way 
to increase his contact. Um, it really comes down to contact for him. And you can only hit 160 in the big leagues for so long, and they're going to make a change. The biggest thing was he was left-handed, and they kept batting him fifth relentlessly. <laughs> Hinch never moved him down in the lineup. And I guess and I know part of that was because of the right-lefty thing, wanting to keep alternating people in the lineup. But, you know, uh, the, the guy who bats fifth bats more than the guy who bats ninth. So uh, uh, Maton was getting the, the fifth place, fifth spot in the order at bats, and it was kind of killing the, uh, the offense. Yeah, Not that my, he was alone, but he was one of them. And no, that's where I was going is, like, I look at Eric Haas. His numbers don't look that much better. I mean, his average is a bit higher, but his OPS was relatively the same, about 10 points higher. Jake Marisnik, his OPS was lower, is lower than Nick Maton's right now. So my kind of thing is maybe what's next if there is a move that's next. But, yeah, it's unfortunate because he was the guy – we all knew the Tigers needed an infielder. That was kind of the big need with them. Mm-hmm. Moving on from Willie Castro, moving on from Harold Castro, moving on from Jamer Candelario, which, by the way, Jamer Candelario, <laughs> the Washington's going to get something for Jamer Candelario at the deadline. And I um, think so. He's playing well. It's unfortunate. but um, Yeah, it is. Yeah, so Maytown was kind of that guy. And, you know, there was some other guys we looked at, like Gene Segura, who hasn't really worked out in Miami. You know, Colton Wong hasn't been – Hasn't really worked out in Seattle, but I'm sure there was other moves that could have been made. But uh, listen, I don't fault Scott Harris for giving him the opportunity. He was a 26-year-old. He had a good season last year and limited at-bats. He was given an opportunity. Now, for me, it's just I would like to see someone other than Andy Abanez getting at-bats. Because at the end of the day, if this team's not competing, I want those at-bats to go to young players. I want those at-bats to go to players who can be something for this team in the future. No offense to Andy Abanez. I don't really see that. You know, I don't see how it's productive to give Andy Abanez every day at bat. Sure. Is he one of the better hitters in this lineup? You could make the argument, but Mm -hmm. you're not getting anything for him at the deadline unless he just goes on a complete tear. So that would be my question is honestly, I'd rather see Tyler Nevin get at bats just because he's younger um, maybe could be something for this team moving forward. But, yeah, I, I mean, and that kind of sparked another question for me with uh, with them moving on from Maton. I, I looked at the lineup tonight. You have Scope. You have Miggy. You have Andy Abanez hitting third. It, could this realistically look similar to what the team was like last year in the dog days of summer where, it, you know, it was pretty rough watching this team try to hit offensively with the injuries that they've had. Obviously, we hope Riley Green can can provide a spark, but – Yep. I mean, just looking Andy Abanez as your number three hitter, I mean, that's not ideal. No, it's not. And, you know, there there are, are holes up and down the lineup. Uh, there's a lot of weak hitters. Even the hitters we view as productive, really, league, if you compare their numbers league-wide, they're pretty bad. Um, you know, you got Torkelson struggling. You got Jake Rogers, who might hit a home run every two weeks, but otherwise is flailing around, you know, uppercutting and missing. Uh Obviously, they got to get Riley Green back. Uh, Akil Badu at some point should be beyond that quad injury. If he can come back and give them some production against right-hand pitching, that would help a lot. Uh, Kerry Carpenter is getting better. He's he's he's, he's a, a solid presence in that lineup. Um, 
And again, you know, it comes back to what we talked about all through the winter. What is there? What is Spencer Torkelson? You know, what has he become? Every at bat this year, I mean, we're watching, he's getting scrutinized every at bat, and that is tough. That's got to be hard on him. Um, so I really, I've tried to, I try in my mind to keep it to the totality of the season. When we get to October, what has Spencer Torkelson done? So far, he's been better than last year, but that's about it. He's hitting the ball harder than last year, which is good, but there's no results from it. Will results start to happen? To me, that's what the year is really about, getting Riley Green back and getting Torkelson on a path to be a productive major league hitter. Um, Carpenter is kind of the second tier. If he can become a long-term presence in the lineup, that's great. The rest of the guys are probably, you know, who they have right now are probably pretty expendable up and down the lineup beyond those three, which is amazing when you think about it. But that's kind of where they are. Um, I don't think they're in a big hurry to get Meadows up. Uh, Malloy, you know, when he was hitting 400 in April, they didn't even sniff getting him to the majors. Uh, so I don't see him coming anytime soon. I think they're going to keep going with this 4A contingent of guys and just do their best in, to get through the year. Yeah, and I guess what could bring a sense of hope or excitement for this Tigers team is the pitching. Matt Manning will be back tomorrow. He gets to face the best offense in baseball. <laughs> welcome um, back. Yeah, welcome back. So that that's a positive sign. We're hoping Scooble could maybe be back maybe sometime next month. I don't. I wouldn't expect Mize maybe at the end of the year, but that's maybe asking a little bit. Uh, Erod could maybe make a start or two. But, yeah, I mean, Alex Fideo, Bo Brisky, they could be back as well. So that could bring a little bit of excitement for the Tigers pitching-wise. But, I mean, that's about it in terms of what we can oh, yeah. see. There's, there's no question. If, if some percentage of the injured pitchers come back and they're productive, they should have nice, uh, you know, a, a, a enough pitching to get through the season fairly unscathed. And, again, what that's going to do is going to keep them – somewhat competitive on the scoreboard every night, right? They're going to win some games three to two. They're going to lose some games, you know, four to one and not good. You know, like the one thing about this team with the pitching that they have and so on, they don't get blown out much. And we haven't sat through too many 11 to two games, right? Um, you know, they tend to lose or they might lose five, nothing, or they lose, you know, yesterday was six, three, but it was a three, three game in the ninth. Um, so they're playing presentable baseball, for a 10 under 10 game under 500 ball club. Uh, but I think with these pitchers coming back, it's going to be very interesting to see who gets starts, who gets moved to the bullpen or who gets sent to the minors. You know, is, is Wentz, Joey Wentz going to stay at the big club or is he going to go to the minors and work on things? Um, uh, same with Olsen, you know, is this Olsen keep, Get you know, uh, working through his innings load in the majors. Does he go to the bullpen or does he go back to Toledo and start? Uh, don't know. Uh, Brisky doesn't have to come back right away, he has options left. He could just stay in the minors until they have an injury in the bullpen. So, because I was looking at the bullpen, there's really nobody who'd say, Oh, he's got to go. You know, most of those guys have made a case for staying, really. Like, you know, are you gonna get rid of Will Vest? I don't think so. You know, are you gonna get rid of Holton? He's pitched well. Alexander, yeah, okay, fine. If you want to move on from Tyler Alexander, I can understand that. But otherwise, 
uh, Foley, Lang, Green, uh, she, uh, Cisnero, Shreve. Nobody's embarrassing themselves. Yeah, they've all been solid. I mean, I think maybe some of them could be involved in a trade. Realistically, they could get packaged together and the Tigers could get yep. a, you know, a lower-level prospect that could be something for them. But, uh, yeah, I think that's something to look forward to, Matt Manning returning, hopefully, Scooble, and just getting seeing this pitching depth be what we all wanted it to be. Because that was one thing I was really excited about heading into the season was I thought they built up a decent amount of pitching depth. And sure. uh, a lot of guys have gotten hurt. But I think with them coming back, we could see some interesting developments and some new storylines to follow heading into well, the dog days of summer. Well, the, the pitching in this Rangers series is going to be very fun because obviously – they're on the road this time. Texas scores a boatload of runs. Uh, I think they've scored double digits more than any other team this year in baseball. Um, Boyd, can Boyd keep the ball in the park tonight? That'll be always, it's always fun to see his last start he did. Um, but can he, you know, allow two home runs or less against the Rangers? Uh, I, I'd like to think he can, but boy, it's a tall order. Uh, so, and Andrew Heaney's a decent pitcher. So, It'll be interesting tonight. Uh, tomorrow, Manning, you know, his last outing at Toledo, I think he walked, he struck out six, but he walked five. Boy, if he's if he's struggling with uh, the strike zone against the Rangers, if he's getting behind in counts and he's got to come into the zone when they're expecting it, that could get ugly. But, you know, Matt Manning has a way of, win, you know, he just has a way of getting by, which is so amazing to me when he, when he is pitching well. He doesn't look like he's overpowering, but all of a sudden it's the fifth inning and he's only allowed two runs or one run. So maybe he can do that again, but it's his first time out of the box. So we'll just have to see. Yeah. I wouldn't expect too much from him. Also Reese Olsen got his first major league win. That was good to see as well. well. Yes. But it'll be an interesting uh, development for the Tigers. I think that's the one thing fans have to look forward to as well as the draft and the trade deadline. So a lot of interesting stuff coming up. Um, Oop, did you have anything else you wanted to add, you? Well, I just it, what you everything you just listed off. It is amazing for a team that's ten games under five hundred. I really think we are in for an interesting month of July, with the draft, a third a third overall pick, and a thirty seventh pick, a trade deadline where it's hard to see exactly what they'll do, but there's possibilities of some things. And then, you know, we have the the players we want to watch improve. You know. And then we have this nominal chance of, of, of contending in the division if they can get hot. So there's a lot of things for a bad team. There's a lot of things going on to keep our interest. Yeah. And then obviously just some of the guys we want to see return. I think a lot of people are itching to see Riley Green take some at-bats again. Yep. Akil Badu, just seeing these guys get back. Eduardo Rodriguez, he was on one of the best runs of his career before he went down with injury. And also the young guys, Matt Manning, Tarek Skubal, and Casey Mize, that's probably a bit of a pipe dream. But just seeing these young guys back, I think, will breathe some excitement uh, into you know into Tigers baseball. Yep. But, um, yeah, that's all we have for you guys. Uh, just a quick shout-out for our draft show that's coming up next month. Me and Youper will be on the, the pre-draft show at 6.30, and then we'll have the whole panel on reacting to the Tigers draft and breaking down the picks and all that. But, um, yeah, Youper, we're going to get out of here before the game is about to start. Did you have anything else you wanted to say or add before we well, go watch some Tigers? You just have to keep us and the audience up to date on whether date number two happens. We, we want updates. We're living vicariously through you, John. 
Uh, well, we all miss our youth. So there you <laughs> go. Uh, but otherwise, it's going to be, you know, can the Tigers get a split in Texas? If they do, that would be quite the achievement. Uh, that would be pretty darn impressive. They can get two out of four. Let's see what happens. It should be a fun week. Yeah. How about next seven games? How about they go four and three? They, they could beat the Rockies a couple times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they can beat the Rockies. Rockies aren't very good. I mean, they gave up you know. 23 runs in four innings. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We will be back on Thursday with the whole crew. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for all the comments, questions, concerns. You per all the comments, questions, and concerns from you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we will see you guys in the next one. All right. Take care.